All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode of the Roma Today podcast. I am ecstatic right now to be joined by Brent Wallace. Brent, you kicked off your own podcast, The Wally and Mathot Show. The community is a buzz. How has the response been? You must be overwhelmed with all the feedback you've been getting so far. I didn't see it coming, I can tell you that. Uh, overwhelming is, I use that term a lot, and that's exactly what it is. We did not anticipate this. We were like, yeah, it's a little slow rollout, and maybe you know my friends and family will join and subscribe. And and then we saw the the launch video that we did with the Anchorman theme had, uh, I think it's nearing 150,000 views or something. We're like, what have we done? So then we're like, there's no chance that we're ever going to be able to live up to this, so let's shut her down. Um, <laughs> but But Craig won't let us, and so we continue on. You look at the Ottawa market, there's so much engagement with the fans. Uh, there's so many blogs, podcasts, what have you. What What is it about what you're doing right now that stands out? What gives you guys that cachet? Well, I, first and foremost, it's Mark Mathot, and there's no way I have this podcast without him as my co-host. He is by far become a Twitter sensation. He's a huge social media phenomenon all of a sudden. I mean, he was a great hockey player, but I think he's a much better broadcaster and podcaster. So... That's number one. Number two is our, our social media team and the team that's built our so far our look. And that is Craig Medallia and Adam Wood, both who are former Ottawa Senators employees. And they ran that social media account and they were so good at it. And Sense TV was so good. And so it's the people that we have surrounded and put in place here that I think have become the big difference. The other thing is we really want this to have a TV show feel. We want people to generate the views off of YouTube to be the main place to go because I'm a TV guy and I got lots of extra makeup, Graham. So I just want to be able to use this up. And, and I think that's the best place to go. And so you see the looks, we've got plots, lots of stuff planned. Um, we're just trying to get our feet under us. We're trying just to get the show off the ground. And then we've got so many things that we want to build out here. And, and those two mad geniuses and Craig and Woody uh, have a lot that they want to do. So your podcast is available on every major streaming platform, but you said YouTube's the go-to. That's what That's the way that you want fans to engage and see your content. Looking back, just to rewind things a little bit, how did this all kind of come together? Because to get this lineup of uh, this ensemble that you've put together, like it, it's a pretty impressive list of names. And just yeah. how, how did it come to be? How did it, how did this all kind of snowball for you? And and yeah, just how did it happen? And, and it's become a perfect storm. And I know it's a bad cliche and I use the dream team t- term and I, I got to stop doing it, but that's exactly what it is to me. So when TSN let me go... I, I mean, I was lost and I, I didn't see what was coming and I'm terrified and I'm fearful and all that stuff is going on at the same time. I'm like, I got to do something like, what do I do? And, and men, Ian Mendez and I had talked in the summer about doing a podcast, but at the time we just feel, felt it wouldn't work that we were both um, working for Bell Media at the time. So fast forward to three days after I was let go and my wife said, well, what about Mark Mathot? And Mark and I have always been friends uh, ever since I covered him playing hockey and his bobblehead has always stayed there next to mine, like in my office for whatever reason. I, I mean, I could have, uh, I have Alfie now, but I could have had a whole bunch up there. It was always meths. And, and my daughters had one Jersey and it was Mark Mathots. And um, so it seemed like a natural fit. So I, anyway, I call him up and, and he answers when he's like, Wally, I've been waiting for your call. And so he's like, I knew that, you know, this was something that we could do. I'm looking forward to it. This has been what I've been looking for. I've now been out of the league long enough that I'm not worried about talking about players because I am all in. And from that moment on, we just talked and tried to build out a show. And then I think it was a week later, and Craig had emailed me before and said, hey, listen, if you're interested in doing a podcast, let me know. And, and Craig, uh, so I call him, I think maybe a week later. 
And he's like, I've been waiting for the call, Wally. And so uh, that was it. And he's like, Woody wants to come on board. And I'm like, well, this couldn't be any more perfect, to be honest. That's awesome. Talking to a couple of guys online, maybe about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, just as like the sense sicko movement was starting to get off the ground a little yeah. bit. And we were just kind of just looking back at everything good that the centers have pumped out online socially with their media channels. And we were just talking, it's like, man, we really wish like Craig Medaglia was still around because, and here we go. Two weeks later, here he is. He's back. He's back in the groove. He's with the uh, Wally Mathot yeah. show. It's, it's fantastic. And, and I, I can't stress a, how important he is to the show, but B how excited he is to do it. He's like, man, I got all these ideas. And I'm like, Craig, just pump the brakes. We just need to get something out first and then we'll deal with it. And so um, like that logo, which I think is a phenomenal logo. The fact that it's the mic with their hockey stick taped and, and that's what I used to do a lot of times in scrums. We just take a broken hockey stick and tape a mic on it. And he pumped that out. And I think in like 40 minutes and there's a little number three on the stick for Mark Mathot. Like he does all these little smart things. That's, you know, it, it, he's really good at what he does. And I, this, this is why I think we're so excited to do it. If you, if, if you see our first show, you'll see the graphics that have been quickly put together. We've done this in a month. Um, and I, and I think it's been a huge undertaking. A lot of it, it falls on Craig's shoulders. Just to go back a little further, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, Bell had their, their random layoffs. That obviously happened like shortly after the Bell S talk message. And then you hear this, you read the story, the 122 million was received by Bell for the, you know, the Canadian emergency wage subsidy. That's all gone to their shareholders. When you were let go, was there any lingering resentment just at the timing or just, just the circumstances around it? Like what, where was your head at when that actually all happened? I didn't see it coming. I know that like on Tuesday, I worked until five. I think I did a sports center hit at three o'clock. And then at seven, I got an email that said, I have a business update meeting tomorrow, a conference call. And there was one person on the call. And so I knew then, so I, I had to wait through and then Thursday or Wednesday, they call and, and then they told me that, uh, they're no, they don't, they no longer need me. There was their bitterness. Yeah. Because after 23 years, it was a, basically a 30 second line that they read to me. And then they handed me off to HR. And so there was never like, hey, man, you did some great work. We really appreciate it. Like, truth be told, like, like I had a great run, like 23 years of covering some of the biggest sporting events in the world, doing all kinds of stuff all over the world. Like, I'm really, really fortunate. And I, and I knew it later in the years. Like, when I did the world championships in Slovakia two years ago, I soaked that all in because I'm like, man, I don't know if you'll ever get back here. Like, when you're older, you get, you just don't know. And I, I, I appreciate everything they've done. They've given me a, a great life for for nearly a quarter of a century. And so that part, yeah, I, I appreciate everything they did, but does it hurt? Absolutely. Yeah. To feel like you're not wanted anymore. Yeah. That one's done. Just going through the senator's broadcast right now, you know, like this is like the young and up and coming team. There's a lot of excitement kind of building it for me, just yeah. watching the broadcast, speaking as like just a fan and an observer, it sucks that you're not there. You're, you're kind of part of that sense family watching the broadcast <laughs> all the time. Like you were there and you know, like I, I, respect the hell out of the people who are still doing the TSM broadcast, but it doesn't, I just want to say like, it doesn't feel the same without you there. And saying that in watching you over the past number of years, one of the things that I kind of always took from you was that you never put yourself in the story. Like you, you did your journalism thing, you got the story, but you never made yourself the focus. It was always about who you were interviewing or, or what you were doing. And it was great to watch, but now now you are the focus. Like now you are the focus of this new podcast. Is that is that a bit of a challenge for you? Are you gonna yep. are you gonna have a little bit of your personality come out and shine here a little bit? So that's a great point. Okay, so let me back up. I want to say something about the Sens broadcast. One that broadcast put together with the producer of Sam Cicerello and the director Scott Tetro. 
they do a phenomenal, this may be the best regional broadcast I think there might be in North America. And when you have Gordon Miller and you have Ray Ferraro and Jane McLennan and Mike Johnson all calling these games, Sens fans are very fortunate in who they have because it's a national produced show for a regional network. So that's number one. I think they do phenomenal work. Number two is I had no idea of the uh, respect or the support I had just because I never wanted to be part of the story. So I'm a pretty quiet, reserved guy away from the camera. And I didn't see that coming. So when I got like, oh, the number of messages I got was completely overwhelming. And and that one, I don't know, for four days had me in tears just reading people's messages. And so that meant a lot to me. Now, to get to your point about being in the story, I did never, I, like if you didn't put me on camera for the rest of my career, I would be fine. I never wanted to be in the spotlight. I just wanted to, all my job was, was to tell the fans the story from the player's point of view. That was it. So as we go through these rehearsals and we've done some shows and Craig's like, you know, you need to, if we're going to get you out of your shell. We need to start putting some more life into you and allowing you to, to express yourself a bit. And so we've got Matt, who we need to kind of become more of an interview guy and me become more of a analyst and a guy with some personality. It's, it's a challenge. Like this is the number one challenge I think we have right now. And it's interesting you brought it up. So we're working on it. I will be better. I've never probably laughed so much trying to do television in my life. And I call it television because that's what it feels like to me. But it will be entertaining it somehow in some way. And even in the first episode that just aired, like my wife makes an appearance in the show. So it's completely uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But definitely do not let Craig talk to you like that. Don't let him talk to Abby like that. <laughs> <laughs> he run, he's the puppet master. Like I have to listen to him. <laughs> so Daniel Offertson's obviously that episode's airing today at 1111, uh, timely. And do you, do you guys have like kind of like a, a roadwork structure of where you want this thing to go in the interim are you kind of kind of flying by the seat of your pants like how are you how are you game planning like the next couple of weeks to unfold we're just looking for world domination to start <laughs> um no so flying by the seat of your that's a great analogy because i think that's exactly where we're at like we just I, i've had meetings and discussions the last couple of days about how we're building this show and how we're going to put it together without trying to kill craig because he's the one editing all of it but we want to be on top of all the news stories um, so we try to we want to make sure that we put this together as soon as we can before the release date. And, and Craig is not going to sleep for the next month, is my guess. We're trying to line up interviews that uh, a are complete A-listers, big names. I don't know when I can, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the next guest, but it's Bobby Ryan. And don't tell Craig, don't tell Craig. So it's like we're trying to bring in uh, people that have great stories, that have great backgrounds here, uh, have a history. Uh, we're looking to try and you know bring in current senators. We have a roadmap of how we want to get there. We're just not sure. We I think we're making a bad line change occasionally here and there. We're going to have some mistakes, but hopefully it all plays out. Do you anticipate there being any problems getting current senators? Is the relationship with the organization pretty good, and and that you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff? We are actively negotiating to see about getting players on our show. You figure that they would be more open to that, right? Like. Any press it's unproven. Press. So I will like it's an unproven commodity. Um, yes, that means Mark Bethon, they do Brad know who, Wallace. Come on. They do know who we are, but maybe they just want to see how it's going to play out here first before they make any final decisions. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I want to talk to you a little bit about Mark. You've pumped his tires early and often. And, and... <laughs> I have to. It's in my contract. <laughs> you've, pumped, you've been pumping his tires early and often during the show. Um, one of the things I'm kind of just blown away by is just 
how it's his poise it's it's he's not rushing to get his words out he's taking his time and it's his cadence is perfect and and for a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience doing it like everything just seems to be going pretty seamlessly for him like what do you anticipate his career being in this industry what so (laughs) it's funny you say that because i i don't i do pump his tires but i'm like if i keep doing this i'm never going to see him again and it's just going to be the (laughs) wally show the wally show so he's so good like i can't I've never worked with somebody who's as I'll say green as he is, and yet it just flows so naturally. So over the last couple of years, like we've asked, and I think even when he played in Dallas and he was out of the playoffs, like we've asked him to come on. We TSN has asked him to come on and be part of the broadcast. And he didn't want to at the time. He's like, I don't want to comment while I still am playing and whatnot. But we recognized back then we TSN recognized back then that he was really talented. And so like the ceiling is the limit for him of what he wants to do. I really hope he just wants to do it with me and this show. And and then he's so good at just trying to tell you what it is. So as an example, we've done some rehearsal shows and I will give him I'm like math. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. And I try to give it to him the day before or whatever. He has a, like a Hillroy notebook and he writes everything. He's got pages where he's got them tabbed and everything of stories he wants to tell of how he's going to get there. He's like, that's a great question. I can do this. I can do that. I'm like, yeah, like he's so amped to do this. Uh, I, he's so good at being able to tell stories and and explaining it from a player point of view. It's been fun to listen to. Like when we do these shows, we're trying to keep it down where the whole show's an hour. And so we don't want to go way over the top and just keep talking because we want to have a guest on. Well, we're, I don't know, I think we're 40 minutes in usually to every show and we've still got like another topic to go. And we're like, Meth, we're going to have to figure this out. Like we got to shorten these things up and but it just naturally flows for him. And that's, what's been really good. Like it's a really good chemistry. So I'm hoping it stays that way. So we should all be concerned if we like, we watch your show and there's like 30,000 post-it notes behind him on the camera. And- yes. yes. <laughs> and be concerned if the method is X'd out because he's left and gone somewhere else. Yeah. That's the other one I have a concern with. Oh. I can't afford a new graphic right now. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. So Daniel Alfredson, your first guest, your show is yeah. recorded already. How did that episode go? You give listeners an opportunity to uh, just tease us with what's on the docket for that program. Yeah. So, it t- and today is International Women's Day. And I didn't know uh, all of a sudden my uh, wife makes an appearance in the show and then decides eh, to roast me a little bit. So, um, th- <laughs> so I was like, this is how we're going to start, are we? So, uh, you'll see Lisa Wallace, who's an acclaimed journalist who's written the New York Times and she's covered the Ottawa Senator Sports for a quarter of a century as it is. Um, so, she's in the show. And then we discuss Tom Wilson's suspension. We discuss Artem Zub and where he should play. Lots of different topics. And then we get to the uh, interview with Alfie. And it's weird for me to say Alfie because we only know him as Alfie. But on your, when you broadcast, you don't say his nickname. Like you say, it's Daniel Alfredson or Alfredson or whatever. So for me to, to be able to loosen the tie and say Alfie in a broadcast or in a show is just really weird and foreign to me. And so he's fun to talk to. Do we get into discussing what happened with the Ottawa Senators organization? No, we were never going to in the first place. Uh, it's not for us to discuss it with him at the moment. If he ever wants to tell the story, he can. But uh, we just trying to be a lighthearted conversation with, with Alfie and see what he's up to. I feel like this is probably his first major media appearance in, what, two years, maybe? He doesn't talk. Yeah. yeah. And so we're like, holy, look, this is... and. That's the, th- that's the power of Mark Mathod. He can just reach out to, and he's the one he goes, Alfie, I'd like to have you on the show. And I was like, absolutely. So uh, we've had other players reach out uh, that we're planning on uh, lining up here to see how it all plays out, but they've all been like, yep, whatever you need. And so um, that's been pretty cool. 
that's fantastic. Just looking back over your career uh, with TSN, Bell Media, what is like one of the interviews or or just moments that stands out to you? Like what's what's your favorite go-to moment? Like what's on, what's in your pantheon of like Brent Wallace, awesome, top two, top three stories? I wish I was like smart enough and wrote a bunch of stuff down so that I could really remember. And I'm a ter- I have a terrible memory, but but the Bobby Ryan post game of the Vancouver hat trick game, that interview will always stick with me the rest of my life. That one, the fact that I was able to hang on, I was never as close to, to breaking down in an interview as that one. That's number one. Number two, in no particular order, I guess, is the interview with Jonathan Pitra uh, when he was 14. I didn't want to do that interview. I like, I don't like interviewing kids because normally when you put the mic on them in a camera, they just clam up and don't say, and they just like, yes, no. So I'm sitting down with him just before we go on and we're having a chat and it's really, really good. And I'm still terrified. So we start the interview and he's phenomenal. He's telling me how he does. He's going to take Jay and Dan's job and all kinds of stuff. And so I sat back after him and we just chatted. And from that moment on, we've always been friends and we chatted the whole entire time. He's, he taught me so much. And so it was tough to see him pass away, but we were, we went to the NHL awards together. We hung out in a bunch of different places and we would just meet for dinners and chats. He was so smart and so mature for his years. That'll always be number two or maybe number one. And then uh, covering the London Olympics would probably be my favorite event only because it's the biggest event in the world. Usain Bolt's there. Michael Phelps is winning 900 medals. The Canada women's national soccer team wins bronze. So uh, those were such great stories to cover. And, we, and then we, we, did, we would sit at night on the steps of the hotel and share drinks uh, with Lisa LaFlamme and my cameraman and a couple other people. One moment I wanted to ask you about, I don't even know if you're comfortable talking about it. Uh, <laughs> NHL 100 Classic. You've gone on the record saying it has, it did happen. You know, I'm not talking about the NHL 100 Classic. Alexander yeah, Dick scoring four goals in the alum, alumni game. You asked a question to the owner. What, what happened from there? Are you comfortable talking about it or... <sighs> It's a good question. And I, no one's actually ever really directly asked me the question. So I asked a question he didn't like. Uh, we chatted afterwards. Uh, I thought we were good. And then uh, he came at, at me again to have another discussion. Um, and then uh, then he went away. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Has it been resolved since or is it just? No. No. Weird. No. Weird. Weird. All right. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to leave on that kind of note. But I do have some quick hits for you. Okay. So I'll just give you a bunch of quick hits. Obviously, you started this podcast with Mark Mathot. If Mark Mathot could not do this show with you, who is mm. one player that you think would make a superb, superb analyst or or co-host? Mark Borowiecki. Socially active, Mark Borowiecki. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's just really like, he's another good analyst of the game who, who can spell it out in easy layman's terms. So yeah, Mark Borowiecki. And he's got a great smile with no teeth. Do you feel like with Mark Borowiecki, he kind of waited too long to like let this side out of him a little bit? Like it's no. like early in his, no, like early on. No, he, he didn't have a, that guy. It, no, he, he was, he just didn't want to be as vocal because sometimes, and as we've seen the progression through hockey is that if you talk too much too soon, they find ways for you to play in different places. So um, sometimes you just have to find your voice too. You just grow up, right? And then uh, as you mature, you want to stand for different things and whatnot. I, I think it's just the way he's done it is probably perfect for him. He just needed to find his voice. So now that you have a co-host that you would like to do a show with, 
possibly if Mark Mathot wasn't around. Who is one? Who is <laughs> Wait, one? Wait, is Mark going to hear this no. and now I'm going to be done? Well, you <laughs> who, can go get Boro if you want. <laughs> Who's one former senator that you absolutely would dread co-hosting a show with? Oh, Graham. And you can't use the caveat that it's like a Russian player who can't speak any English. That's cheating. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that would have been much better. Um, who did I not get along with? Well, it doesn't have to be like that. No, just but I'm trying to like, think like, like Kyle Turris would, is never a great speaker. I never enjoyed doing intermission interviews with him. Cody Cece's really quiet. So it would be another guy. I'd be like, Cody, hello, are you over there? So that's probably those two come to mind. They're just really quiet and reserved guys. Actually, both fantastic people off the ice. I'm not sure that they want to be in the middle of a media environment. Yeah, fair enough. And Turris was doing a lot of work with like the Condors and stuff before he left. So he's, yep. he's and he another. still does. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, and he still seems to be around the community in the summertime. Yep. And what do you see as being the trajectory of the Senators team right now? Like if you had to like project forward, it seems like every time that something's going well with this organization, there's like a little bump in the road. Something happens where it just kind of gets derailed a little bit. Like, do yep. you anticipate this being like a clean, gradual improvement? What what do you foresee with this team right now? It's a great question because you never like if you looked at it now, you'd be like, oh, they're just going to continue to get better and build and be fun. But the, right now they don't have, seem to have a goaltender. And I don't know if Joey Decord is the goalie of the future. They hope he is, but I'm not sure. Like right now they are struggling, I think, in goal. That makes a big difference. And they're struggling in goal because they can't play any defense, it seems, in their own end. And until they figure out those two issues, it doesn't matter if they can score 60 goals a season. We've seen Toronto have great forwards, but if you can't have any defense on your blue line, they're certainly much better than they were years ago. But Teams would just light up, you know, score five goals or, or Edmonton's another example. But until you have defense, you can't win. They've got to fix that. What about Tim Stutzla? Obviously, he's playing the left wing right now. He hasn't really received any reps at center. They view him as a He doesn't need any. Center. You don't think so? No. Why, why? What's the rush to move him to center? He's not big enough. They're going to get dominated in the middle of the ice right now because they're too small. Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, Colin White. You can't line up those three and go against McDavid and Dreisaitl, Matthews and Tavares. Like they're just, they leave him over there. Let him just play, let his feet wet, move him there next year. I, I, like, I don't know what the rush is to move him to center. There's no point. Not even like garbage time minutes, like five, one blow out no. of third period. No, not even just leave him where he is. And Meth and I have had this conversation a, a number of times. And he's like, I don't understand why we need to move him around. Like he's fine where he is. He's doing well. Just leave him there. He doesn't, does he need to have a face off? No, let's just leave him there. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess my, like concern... when you get in the zone though, like if you play in the forward zone, it's not so left center and right. It's F1, F2, F3, you get to move yeah, around. So I think that's yeah. the only time you, you really need it is, you know, up and down the middle of the ice. I don't need, I don't think you need to put him there now. Yeah. I guess, my, I guess the concern from my side would be, you know, if this is the player that you have long-term aspirations for being your number one center, like eventually you're going to have to give him reps this is a wasted year in terms of, you know, just the opportunity for the centers to be better. Everybody expects them to miss the postseason. So moving forward, the stakes are only going to get higher and higher. The patience will probably wear a little bit thin if, you know, if you're expecting better team results. I don't know. No, but he's 19. Like he's going to have to, if you're going to have him at 19 going against Joe Thornton taking a draw or Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, like you've got to kind of insulate him a little and let him just play the game and like see what's going on around him and understand. I wouldn't put him down the middle of the ice until next season. I just let him play and let him figure out what the NHL does and how it does it before he gets crushed coming across the middle of the ice with a suicide pass. Brent, thank you so much for coming on the show. You can listen to the Daniel Alfredson episode of the Wally and Mathot show today comes out today. Brent, 
you're awesome, man. Uh, all the best <laughs> to you. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this show goes for you. It's already cracking some uh, top podcast list right now. It's only been an episode. The second one drops today. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. And I think it's, it's, it's really a show that this market sorely needs. And uh, to see you, uh, to see you doing this, just to see the, like the enthusiasm and energy that you're bringing to this project. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. I'm really happy for you guys. Thanks, Grant. And, and there's support we've received from the podcast community in Ottawa, which seems to be massive among anything I've ever seen, have been, has been really, really good. And so to all of the podcasters, we're all trying to find our way through this. Uh, we can't thank you enough for the support you've given us. Brett Wallace, everyone.